Tokyo Art Book Fair. Fanfare at Tokyo Art Book Fair. Welcome to the second session hosted by Fanfare, the graphic design platform in Amsterdam for the Tokyo Art Book Fair. I'm Femke Decker from Yaya Nenene. And I'm Freya Kier from Fanfare. And with us is also Miguel Havas Gomez from Fanfare taking visual notes that you can find accompanied with this conversation. Today's conversation um, concerns the idea of display display more specifically in the graphic design context, which is something that perhaps need a bit of a short introduction, although it will be addressed way more in the conversation. The idea of the display in connection to graphic design is something that has been occupying Fanfare for many years. We think of the display as a, as a system for navigation, as a system for controlling the narrative, And also for us as a system that connects a spatial and 2D graphic design relation. With us today are Richard Nisse of the Palace of Typographic Masonry. And also joining us is Frédéric Pichuis of the online platform Cosmos Carl. As well as Jana Fouquet from Konstverein in Amsterdam. And together we will be discussing or circling around the topic of the display in a very broad sense. Maybe it would be nice if you guys would give a brief introduction to what you do and also, um, I mean, you also each represent, I think, different ways of presenting or displaying um challenging the way in which design work is displayed. So that could also be interesting if you would share that. Frederike, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. So I'm part of Cosmos Carl together with Simon der Thor Haugason. And we are both artists. Um, and in 2014, we started Cosmos Carl. And it's a website where we host nothing but links to artworks that are dispersed all over the internet. And um, I think um, the main design element of it is also the fact that we have only links and there's only text so it's a very flat website um, we also stole the design from the Werkplatz <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know which one <laughs> I, I have no idea it was some sort of a library I mean we altered it of course and we credited them also ah, in the source code <laughs> ah, I never knew uh, that's, that's, that's Lotte Schroeder and uh, Fred K. Well, that's thank you, Lotte and Fred. That's, uh, <laughs> it kind of fits the whole vibe of Cosmos Carl. Yeah, yeah. Most of the artworks are really uh, parasiting other platforms. That's the yeah. main focus. Um, so all the works are hosts in um, yeah, very different type of platforms from Airbnb to eBay to um, Mark Blatt and um, a lot of different types of very weird, I don't know, porn sites or, or um, amateur dating porn apps kind of things. Um, so also, therefore, like all, all the websites that you are diverted to as a visitor is in complete strange graphic design, I would say, of the internet, very niche kind of um, sometimes ugly, sometimes beautiful design. Um, yeah, 
I think that's a good small introduction. Yes, thank you. Richard? Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer <laughs> for quite a long time uh, now. I graduated in 96, so that's been a while. Uh, and um, talking about display, I, I had the chance to, for a few times, display my own work. And um, it was very interesting to do. And since uh, I think four or five years, I have my own imaginary institute for graphic design called the Palace of Typographic Masonry, uh, which is also a sort of platform to experiment with uh, the way to uh, yeah, distribute knowledge on graphic design. Yeah, shortly put, that's it. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm Jana. <laughs> Jana. I, uh, I used to run a night shop and then I, where I also hosted things around graphic design and the night and anything, any fluctuating thing that that could in, entail. Then I um, did Bergplatz for a while and I've been running now Constraint since 2019 and working there in the start <laughs> at the bar above Zero Uncle since 2015. Mm. So that's me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, we're sharing mics here, so we're <laughs> we're trying to stay COVID safe, but still. Um, yeah, I was wondering when when we're using the term display, what are we talking about? And especially because I think you know the three of you, although similar practices and maybe also similar backgrounds. Um, the term display maybe needs to, needs a bit more of a definition for people who are not versed in into the this world that we're in. And then I think there's also a difference between having a, a physical display space, uh, whereas opposed to to the online platform, for instance, that Friederike is representing. Yeah, I think um, for Cosmos Carl, it mainly means. Upon it's a very difficult question, first of all, because yeah, what is a display? But um, I think on the website it mainly means the representation of um, a work, but the work is never there itself. So it's always the the link, the hyperlink, um, uh, and the way that that is displayed um, is within the context of Cosmos Carl. So it's like a list of works. But it's not necessarily like an online gallery in that sense, because you always have to go through to the other um, to the other place, and there the display is very much um, only if you come through there through Cosmos Carl, you know that it is an artwork. Um, whereas there's also the possibility to kind of stumble upon the work um, if you're randomly trying to find an Airbnb in Athens. One of the um, one of the uh, houses there is actually an artwork by us, and so there's a there's a difference of the way that you enter the work, by which you're gonna see it, and also that I think changes the way that it is on display. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's it's not that the works that are listed on Cosmos Carl that they are. Uh, I mean, you select them, but it's not necessarily so that they are works of art in themselves or they 
they actually are. They are working. Okay. Yeah, they are works or texts or uh, pieces of music or mm -hmm. um, sometimes we work with curators and they do like a series or, mm -hmm. um, but they're always made Usually they're made for Cosmos Car and sometimes there's already like a project that we know about and then we ask them to mm -hmm. kind of collaborate or to show it on the website. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we are more, uh, I think, always thinking about hosting more so than the display because on the internet, maybe that's a more uh, habitatial word for what do you think of as displays? Like, where is it hosted and where is it shown? And um, But it's yeah. an interesting question because I did think when, like, um, scanning each of your web presences, something that seems to be in common also is that um, there's both some kind of a playful um, um, awareness of a challenge of how to display or how to present the works that you're um, having or sharing from each of your platforms, let's call it that. Um, but at the same time, there's this balance between that it's actually coming really close to curatorial work while also being a whole display concept often. How do you, um, do you see these two terms as, um, as two separate things or do you think they can also come together in your practice? Um, I think it's in, inevitable, right, to, mm -hmm. um, to, to mix those two. Mm. Um, I never thought about it. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's the first thing you do, right? Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you want to uh, yeah, make a narrative or collect things that you want to share, um, how are they combined and mm. how do they make up uh, a story? Mm. And um, yeah, this, this uh, for me, this is the act of graphic design, actually. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's this, uh, when you're not able to do so, then it becomes a really difficult job. Yeah. Yeah, there's some kind of an, it comes close to editing or publishing. Yeah. I just wanted yeah. to say like, uh, I think like a less uh, daunting term for all of us coming from a graphic design background is editor. And yeah. like curator immediately sounds a little bit, uh, yeah, a, a bit fancy maybe. And, and I, like, I actually... I like selecta. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, true. Nice okay. term. Like yeah. These things yeah. are yeah. like yeah. Uh, DJ, editor, yeah. curator. They're actually all part of the same thing. I often still think like when, when we are making a show that it, for me, it's still the same as like designing a poster or which is, I have to be clear about it, like something I gave up a long time ago, but um it still feels like I'm actually mm -hmm. designing something or like using the same methodology that I would when, when working on. Yeah, it's the same design. thrill actually. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, and liberating to not yeah, kind of stick yeah. to like one, one medium to kind of go like, okay, but what suits actually the best with this thing that I'm now interested in or that I want to share with people? Is it a book or is it, is it a dinner? Is it maybe an evening? Um, how how can we um, distribute this amazing thing that you just discovered? Yeah, yeah. 
That's something that I think was kind of also striking when when looking at all of your work, because um, there seems to be some quite like present structures also, and even also in the organization, perhaps of how how you work, how you display or select. Um, so to I thought to maybe um, for a moment read out loud the about section from the. Palace of the Typographic Masonry. Oh, okay. <laughs> but only the part, but not, because I thought it was, I, I very much appreciate it. And I like that almost half of it is actually explaining the structure of how it works. So, um, um, yeah, so the Palace of the Typographic Masonry consists of, of nine departments, sign, symbol and ornament, construction, poetics and play, order, craft and practice. Nine frames through which graphic design can be seen, nine themes in which it can be classified. In each department, the visitor finds various rooms dedicated to specific subjects related to these themes. The rooms vary in size and modes to express the unique source collection in which they are based. And I think it's very beautiful how, how it's, it's really um, not focusing so much on the content necessarily, or at least it's making the form the content. That's my interpretation. Yeah, partly that's true, yeah. It's also where um, a lot of, um, yeah, the the fun is also to, to, to fantasize about this building. Yeah. And maybe there are secret departments as well, or, uh, and to, to, fantasize where you can find which collection and um, it's almost like the the dreams that we were <laughs> chatting about it's how you wander through it and and it's it's this um, um, and then the next step will be how to share this with other people mm. uh, and also to invite other graphic designers or selectors <laughs> to come up with their own uh, source material and to make combinations and to sort of endlessly build um, on a sort of, yeah, on this growing structure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really fascinating. But then design is very much, I mean, if, if this is, you know, your, the official description of mm -hmm. the platform, then design is very much at the core of um of what it is you do. Whereas like, I think with, with Frederik and Jana, uh, design is more of a methodology then in that sense, or like more of an approach of, of uh, uh, creating the space without necessarily using the word design. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with Cosmos Car, we don't really think so much about design. Also, we wanted to make almost like a designless website therefore like the beginning of it was very much like the the basic html um font we had a logo but which was like kind of scrolling down but um then at some point uh one of the contributors uh, gabriel markan an icelandic um graphic designer he designed a font for our website and then it became this beautiful calligraphy kind of um old school Font for the website, so now it actually looks quite designed. Mm -hmm. But whereas before it was a very kind of raw website. Yeah, um, but it's interesting that you would say that uh, non-designed because yeah, basically there's not such a thing. Exactly, like even yeah. choosing to not design it is a design choice. Yeah, and no, that's true. Yeah. Um, 
And and like the design that you mentioned earlier, like when you go to these other websites, Craigslist, Airbnb, all of these things, they also have very specific layouts yeah. or or sort of um, autodidact, homemade. There's yeah. like a very, I'm sure you're like maybe in love slash not in love with it, but there's this very specific style of a certain website. Yeah. No, I love eBay, like that kind of like, it's exactly the same as 20 years ago. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I really like that. But also, I mean, with Cosmos Car, because it's all like often artists make a work and then we start going to conversation, like what would be the natural habitat for that work? Like, where would it be best? And I think that is a design choice also, like mm -hmm. where, where does it suit Where does it fit and how would you naturally have placed it in the world? Um, whereas like sometimes it's also super exciting to find like a really weird platform, of mm -hmm. course. Um, but I think that habitat of where work is at home, I think that is also why we came to that like non-design choice of like the internet is like very bare kind of behind all that interfacing. There's still this layer of like the link and it's still blue and it's still with this stripe underneath and um yeah it's maybe it's just classical i don't know <laughs> like well, i would of, say it's yeah. almost like a, an open source structure whereas richard mm -hmm. yours is far more like you already determine you know the different the nine spaces mm -hmm. um so it's more confined do you need that confinement for yourself or would it also do you see a lot of difference between the two of you um, or do you see no, more see similarities? Of, yeah. yeah. Also, in 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 the sense that you create, yeah, you use bases that exist, um, and it's also sort of imaginary. You could maybe also guess that from one room you can go to another. So uh, that that in that sense, uh, there's uh, overlapping. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that's right. And I, both of your work reminded me of, um, I think we spoke about it before, Richard, but about Marcel Bothas, who mm -hmm. did the Eagle Museum, which was basically mimicking a complete museum structure. And by creating a, like um, a reflection of an actual museum structure, he also created the possibility to to address a kind of institutional critique. And that very well goes um, along with Cosmos Kyle's, um, I think, also about section for those that would yeah. want to read. Um, is there any specific choice between like almost um, hacking existing more corporate or institutionalized structures? And this is, uh, I mean, the question for all of you, but... I think with us, it's a, a bit of our uh, birthright. The Constrain has always kind of actually been a very small team. So it was founded by Chris Greithuis, who now runs KW, and Maxine Kopsa, who's still the head of the fine arts department. Mm -hmm. And they basically set it up because they were a little bit tired with what was going on in Amsterdam at the time, in 2009. Like a sort of like dullness and tiredness of people leaving, going back home and... Mm -hmm. Strangely enough, we still haven't gotten over that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so we still have a reason to exist, I guess, in that yeah. sense. And um, we basically adopted or 
which is a nice word for stealing mm-hmm. um, the the idea of a constraint and mm-hmm. to instead of like depend on uh, an economic model of funding and which of course we also still get um, to also collect a community around us that would actually support the things that we are showing which go very much into the vernacular of what is art and what is design mm-hmm. so if we would have like a, if we would have a room in your masonry mm-hmm. we would probably be in the gap spaces like mm-hmm. uh, you know where the two walls uh, breathe air or the hallways to in, yeah, or the, <laughs> yeah the, in, the isolation I think more is, is oh, our yeah. space um, and, and that's yeah I think that's that very much fits. But now that we've existed for so long, I think people started to actually see, you know, it's like a lie we've told for such a long time that we're an institute and now people start to believe <laughs> that we actually are, <laughs> even though we are still a very small team and we kind of still operate in the same way. So that's yeah. that's that's nice. It feels like wearing a, a big um, cloak. How do other institutions then... Um, approach you or I think what's what's the I think what's the nicest is that you sit somewhere in between so we can uh, work with bigger institutions like uh, now we're working together on a film program with I and we've worked together with Stalik in the past mm. but we also are approached by people that just started up a space or or want to do mm. something and I yeah I don't know that sort of the bridge between is it's interesting yeah Um, but I, I think actually what's very fascinating is that um, so we always had a lot of our structures always existed out of a lot of how Anthony Huberman actually described it sleeper cells and that's very nice uh, this idea of like you switch something on you switch something off like light switches and so we had like an I'm with her record label which we conceptualized but that never mm-hmm. Like did anything with or a few a few concerts or something, and then then we had a series of restaurants nights that pop up when whenever we do this in house magazine occasionally. Um, the exhibitions are quite steady. Then we also have the publishing platform. Mm-hmm. If we think like okay, this project we have the best form for it is a book, and we bring it out. And our our sort of fantasy was always like, let's find a big enough space where we can show all of these things next to each other. So they're like visually uh, there. But of course, you know, growth in the Netherlands comes with housing prices, meaning um, fat chance. <laughs> fat chance of finding a really big place where you can affordably show all of these things together. So only this year we started to have like two spaces, one which is more like related to publishing, that we finally have our books in one place and not like stored in our various houses and garages. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is more like community and exhibitions. But I think it's only when we started to set up this space that I kind of like put off my glasses and saw that, oh, but we are like very many now in the city. You have mm-hmm. Fanfara, you have Enter Enter, who just started. There's you, there's you. Yeah, that used to be very different, yeah. Yeah. Ten years ago, there was nothing. No. And... Um, Sans serif, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really started out of... I think we were all fed up with, uh, yeah, the bigger institutes doing, doing, yeah, boring stuff or or not finding ourselves back in these, 
in these uh, established uh, uh, structures. And I, I really like this, uh, when you were talking, I was all, all the time thinking about the playfulness that is in, in all the projects mm -hmm. uh, that create so much space that you, you are not a big institute. That, that, because that's what I encounter when I work with bigger institutes. The, the first thing they say when you come up with an idea like that is like, no, but we cannot do this. And <laughs> I think that's such a, they, they, um, yeah, that's what I experience most of the time. And I always wonder why isn't it possible? And uh, yeah, then it's then it's um, uh, it's great that you can yeah find this playground to to do it yourself. I think it also goes back to what Jana referred to before. There's two things actually. It's it's the the fact that as a smaller um, organization, I don't want to use the word institute. Uh, you know, you're you're more flexible in the sense that the the as you said, you can choose the medium that is needed for a certain project. Uh, and on the other hand, I think also what you also mentioned is the, <laughs> the reality of living in Amsterdam, where uh, the cost of a physical space is uh, enormous. Um, that I think there is a whole generation out there right now who chooses uh, their platform accordingly to the story they want to tell. And they don't really make that distinction anymore between the physical and the digital. Um, and in that sense, it allows you to move more freely, I guess, in, in those in-between spaces and also the spaces between uh, applied and autonomous. Uh, I think that's also a distinction. I think it's it's uh, obvious with Cosmos Carla as well. Is that what are we talking about when we're talking about design mm -hmm. in these days? Yeah, I think uh, with Cosmos Carl, it's actually, in a way, it's almost like the other way around the way that we started to exist because uh, we came from a moment in time where all these big companies like Facebook and uh, but also the Google platform um, as in the Google Doc and the drives and all of these f things that you were, were pre-designed. Um, I think for us, the critique was very much into like hijacking these platforms because we were very curious to see what people would do with it um, in their art practice if they would start using those um, platforms uh, for their art production, for the display, for the hosting, for, um, for showing the work uh, online and, and utilizing them in a creative and interesting way. Um, so that uh, institutional critique that you was, were referring to before, I think also comes with that usage of the platform and like the misuse of the platform often, um, while simultaneously applying the terms and conditions that are uh, part of that platform. So you have to kind of uh, somehow apply the rules of that platform to your artwork, but at the same time, you're sometimes using or misusing it for display of something else. And um, in that sense, I think we kind of twisted or like re started thinking about re-owning that space again. And, and we come from that more like culture jamming background in a way. Yeah, it's like uh, piggybacking. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a little bit like Dieter Roth's advertisings in the newspaper or like yeah. mail art. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, this fact that people, uh, your audience won't, is maybe an unintentional uh, art design mm. audience. They won't even necessarily know yeah. where to place it or how to understand yeah. what it is. Yeah, we're all, we also call it like Cosmos Carl platform parasite. So that's exactly mm. piggybacking. Yeah. 
I wonder though, I mean, I wonder if this is also like how it would look different if, for instance, we would have a design museum or if we would have like mm -hmm. really good design shows happening. Because I remember, you know, when we first did shows like, for instance, about uh, Richard Costalanas or Will Holders mm -hmm. or that really also came out of the necessity of like, let's show these, you know, or maybe there's so many spaces now because we all kind of want this uh, design to be a little bit leveled up with the uh, with the fine arts, and that we we have a lack of uh, yeah good um, bigger institutional yeah. curated exhibitions around this topic, like almost to yeah. take it serious. Yeah, I, I um, uh, last month I wrote a sort of fictional story of the Palace of Typographic Masonry, and it was one chapter in it that I skipped in the end, but it was. Uh, <laughs> when this uh, designer, which plays the, the main character in this story, starts to talk about uh, design institutes in the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a depressing story in a sense, because um, I once looked up all the annual reports um, going back 25 years when the Formgevers Institute was uh, um, uh, developed or, or uh, started uh, to be in uh, where now foam is, and uh, this, this and this is a continuous story of of institutes that tried to do this job, but all they all failed in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so there was, uh, yeah, and because I think because um, uh, the people who are uh, steering these big ships mm -hmm. of organizations were not makers themselves or they were they were they were they were immediately a big institute and then you you i think they the most of the debate what was which was going on was about how these institutes should uh, mm -hmm. function and so we had the Premsla Foundation and yeah, now of course the new institute and uh, in Breda there was a museum and there's there's quite a long list of uh, of of, of uh, organizations that have tried to to um, yeah to set up something like that but they all uh, yeah it was all kind of disappointing and uh, I recognize much more spirit and energy in in the smaller initiatives mm -hmm. of uh, yeah of people that are designers themselves but you do wonder though I mean or I should say not I should say, I wonder, like, how come, you know, we get a side room in the state look, like, uh, yeah. pointed at <laughs> Sandberg, and why not, you know, and, and now then they did the um, Meta Haven show recently, mm -hmm. I think, yeah. But there's so many, you know, amazing practices yeah. here. Like, why yeah, haven't the exactly, Jet Sets yeah. <laughs> got yeah. them, like a basement there or uh, Carl Martens or, yeah. Yeah, that, that's exactly uh, it. I think there's so many incredible stories mm. to tell. Um, yeah, in, in, if, if you would take uh, designers uh, as, as solo artists in a way, but also uh, in... in, in group shows that you can design. Um, I think it's all about how we deal with, um, yeah, this, 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 um, uh, yeah, visible language, uh, in our society. So mm -hmm. 
it's actually a shame that it's that it's not only in the Netherlands but in a lot of other countries as well that we don't pay attention to this. Well, I think I think the what you said, and, and that for me, that's the core of the issue is that a lot of those design curators um, came from their own academic backgrounds, but were yeah. not are not designers themselves, so not involved in in the current discourse. Where, for instance, for the Stedelijk right now, we have Thomas Castro yeah. who took over as curator, uh, and and I really believe that you know that he will be capable of of opening up that. Uh, issue around design and also like if we're talking literally about display um, you know like design exhibitions uh, in, in larger institutes are the most boring ones yeah. to go and see because everything is, is yeah, displayed and in this very factual manner where it doesn't interact with one another um, the way that you guys you know present the work of both designers and artists in, in context that, that kind of engage the viewer into a conversation it's, it's immediately how, uh, like um, when the Stedelijk Museum um, uh, bought some posters that I did, they, they, they came with a special truck <laughs> with hand gloves and all this, you know, <laughs> this is all made in addition. It is not unique pieces and uh, you can just call your friends and, and make a show. It's not that complicated, but when you make it this complicated, then of course a show will cost a lot of money. And... I don't know. I, I, in in um, uh, in the state, like this last show of the of the Japanese posters that has also uh, there's so many stories hidden in these um, posters and in the whole um, uh, um, uh, development of graphic language, and it's just only displaying uh, them behind plexiglass in this enormous room. So it's it's. They it's made also, them all look like these Murakami uh, prints. Yeah, it's <laughs> such like, a why? yeah, it's such a missed uh, yeah. opportunity, and uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't know why I mean, why to be the devil's advocate here mm -hmm. a little bit because I do think and 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 I do think sometimes a good design is also an invisible design. So in that sense, sometimes in these big big shows, of course, that the graphic design is. Uh, Secondary in that it's not constantly like meta, meta, meta. Is you know sometimes it serves the essence of the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's impressive to see all these poses together. So that that is an image, and yeah. you. But you're also uh, not allowed to really, or you're not challenged to really go into. Uh, uh, when you would have made it less massive, for instance, you you are more challenged to uh, to go one by one to look really look at these posters. Well, now it's just one big impressive room, which probably works well uh, when you when you make a picture of it and show look. Um, what I was more disappointed about was the, the that there was just one small mm -hmm. uh, column of text, and that, that was all it. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, yeah, if you prepare a show like that, because it was in preparation for such a long time, uh, and there's so many stories that are uh, 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 behind it, then I, I expected a bit more. And I think it's not, yeah, uh, that much work to do it to do mm -hmm. it uh, in a more interesting way. I think also when 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 trying to define some areas that we thought it was interesting to address. Um, 
these three categories of learning, displaying and collaborating. Um, displaying and also the reason that you're also invited uh, stands out somehow because of these examples of more unconventional, maybe or playful, challenging ways of approaching the display. And it's it reflects conversations that we have a lot in Fanfara as well. Um, like this, how much can we think of the display as a medium in itself almost because it becomes um, like a very powerful tool to direct attention and navigation and narrative, but often without the viewer necessarily noticing um, the display or somehow there's even a resemblance, I think, with these online platforms also that you don't necessarily think about how you use it or how you how you um, interact. It's just, it's given. And I think that's also something that's interesting to consider in, in these more conventional exhibitions with the Stadelic where the display is almost, it's a carrying element, um, but not one that we should necessarily even notice. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of, it's more of a comment than a, than a direct question. But it also, it's a, but even being capable of sitting around this table and having these conversations and maybe also addressing the lack of larger, interesting takes from institutions on um, the design discipline, for instance. I wonder how much you think that could reflect some kind of, does that reflect a Dutch context that we're in? Um, Or do you think that's a more general thing? And also uh, to add to that note, um, I mean, we were yesterday speaking about um, like also even the even the relevance of having the audience that understands design exhibitions or appreciates mm-hmm. design as also an independent medium. Um, yeah, so I'm saying all of this also to think a bit about how much is there, do you think there's some kind of a Dutch relevance or possibility connected to um, these different projects or places or... Do you not see it as such? I think. Oh, sorry. I think we we are building on like a, like a education of an audience for decades. Yeah. You know, it started it started basically uh, from the from before the First World War, and then uh, it. If I go in Belgium and uh, I go to uh, the bakery, and you know, probably the baker themselves will have done. The bags, but in the Netherlands, I like when I first moved here. I was really surprised how, like you know, everybody knows what a designer is. Everybody would hire a designer almost to to take care of that. Mm. Um, although maybe like with the you know the rise of like design it yourself, make your own book. I think uh-huh. <laughs> we yeah. lost some ground there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. There, there is this tradition in uh, in how design is connected to society. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, as you noticed, uh, this 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 uh, connection is uh, uh, is is um, uh, is, is um, more weak. Uh, I think the last twenty years, but um, um, I think still there is. Um, if if you 
I think I think because you 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 want to talk about this Dutch. Uh, I'm not approach even sure. Yeah, but I also don't want to force it because I cannot I cannot necessarily define it. That's why maybe your conclusion is also that some things are more international than specifically Dutch. Yeah, I think now you it's more difficult to 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 um, uh, to pinpoint this, but I think a few or or at least. 10, 20 years ago, this was far more obvious that the Netherlands and maybe Switzerland were uh, these the countries that were very aware of their, and, and also this was um, reflected in, in the institutes that, uh, or, or like the art schools that educate uh, designers and mm. yeah, create this audience of people that recognize. Uh, imagine... Uh, if you pay every day with these beautiful uh, banknotes that Oike Oxenaar designed, this this makes you immediately aware of how beautiful uh, things can be designed, and it makes you also aware of things that are uh, done in a like we always used to laugh on other banknotes. <laughs> <laughs> and now Norway has beat us. Exactly. Yeah. So this this has changed. I think uh, yeah. also uh, design education in other countries are maybe. Um, becoming more interesting or there's also uh, more focus on design history uh, so it's just an investment you do as a society and I think uh, yeah we, we are now lacking uh, we as in <laughs> I, mean. <laughs> I, I actually disagree it, it came up so yesterday we had a conversation about art education or design and education mm. um, and I still feel that the way that design is being taught now, and for instance, the Rietveld or the KBK, uh, which is the art school in The Hague, mm -hmm. um, still very much reflects a Dutch approach to yeah, design. I and I think true. it's very much in, not so much in the fact that we have this modernist output, um, but more in the fact that we're having this conversation, which is a very Dutch way of approaching things. So we discuss everything, everything is out in the open. And I think the the whole idea, I mean, you can say what you will about this, you know, level of negotiation or, or talk or discourse um, that ha often has this negative connotation, but it is the way that our, our, our uh, education is structured. And I still think that is very much Dutch in its, in its approach yeah sure i think these these uh the rietveld and kbk are very much rooted in this um in this tradition so to speak uh but the the there is a uh, a bigger gap when you are at, um, uh, finished on this school and you <laughs> enter the real world um, there used to be a, a smoother um, uh, connection to um, yeah, commissions, and uh, um, and yeah, we have experienced this uh, ourselves. When when I graduated, uh, it was within a few years you were able to make a stamp, for instance, and and this by doing a few of these assignments, you would already uh, have enough income to to do other nice stuff and. Um, you are not so much uh, depending on uh, on the, on this subsidy uh, situation and being dependent on uh, on this. So this gives a lot of freedom also to uh, uh, to to build upon. And I don't know how the situation is right now, but I, I think 
I think what we're like overlooking in that sense is also that over the last years, like uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, assignments also came from government institutions and mm -hmm. a lot of things have been privatized. Yeah, exactly. That's in the it. privatized companies, they don't take a, they don't take a risk or if they would be even possible to take the risk, they don't, they don't have access to these uh, young designers that are, do, you know, yeah. there's like, this gap that you're talking about is also coming from another more overarching structure that we don't that we have very little power to change ex actually yeah. like i think like you know the the bills that you're talking about but also like uh the the railway uh yeah, the, the you know the tables yeah the yeah. public infrastructure yeah. and they don't they don't take the effort of like talking to to an individual freelance designer they just hire a company which that's exactly what they want yeah yeah exactly um and then on i also agree with femke that there's still very much like a, a dutch design uh way even though maybe it's not practiced by a lot of dutch designers like you know it's become increasingly um, uh, international students that come mm -hmm. to the Netherlands to learn a craft and then really quite often take that way of working which is taught in the Rietveld which is of course also really much part of Werkplatz typography all all, all the, over the world when they go back yeah. because they actually there's not enough space anymore in the in the field to give everybody a good job that's just mm -hmm. what, what you get after years and years of years of designers graduating, highly skilled, all have an individual voice and a market that is just not, you know, yeah. not wide enough. Yeah, no, I mean, it was addressed as well yesterday to, talking about education and learning and 65 and 75% of students at Kabika and the Rietveld and Sandberg are not Dutch. Mm -hmm. um, but that in itself might also actually reflect the quite Dutch scene the fact that it's despite of being such a relatively small country, well, small country, but also in number of population, um, is very international. And um, I mean, yeah, also around this table in this room, we also have people from different, uh, yeah, originating from different places. 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> True. I'm actually curious to see what, what if Frederic, if you notice, you know, when, when you see the list of people that you invite to, to participate in, in parasiting the rest of uh, the digital world, um, if you see a difference uh, uh, between the people you've asked when, when looking at their backgrounds, uh, but also... Um, is there a similar discourse between, or is there a similar approach between the people that you've asked? Not really when I think of like um, uh, nationality as such, that comes immediately to the top of my head. But what has really changed is that over the years, like in the beginning, we really had to explain what we kind of were expecting from the people that we were inviting, because it was really on the border of the kind of internet art, net art, um, and um, people had their personal websites and were using uh, maybe YouTube or Vimeo as a way to display their work. Um, and a more like Instagram uh, poetry on like 
uh, Google Docs kind of that, like we were just right there somehow. And um, now we don't have to explain what Cosmos Carl is, like, what Cosmos Carl does, or because it's it's so ingrained in the practice of so many people, young but also older, like the way of thinking about how you can use these platforms and and the way that people are using them are is already much more uh yeah and range in the way of thinking about art so i think that has really changed somehow and i'm not sure if that has anything to do with like them thinking about design as such but um definitely about the way of displaying works of art and of text and and the placement of those things yeah Perhaps there's also been an increasing awareness and of a criticality towards... Yeah, also, but also what we were discussing before, when you don't have a space to show your work, you just show it online, for mm. example, or it's it's also part of this like do-it-yourself kind of um, lo-fi um, outing of finding your own audience online, having kind of like a niche platform that you hang out on and... Mm. Um, doing it there instead of like within an institution or if you don't have access to this institution, then yeah, sometimes we also f really find people that are not artists, but they have a blog. Like I found this really beautiful blog by uh, a trans girl who was, who made like a Google form of how she wanted to be approached when she wanted to have sex. And I just stumbled upon this through like a really weird way, <laughs> the rationalist movement website or something mm -hmm. like that. And a blog that was looking for like co-op housing. Um, and then I asked her to participate on Cosmos Carl and, um, and in a way it was strange to display her work as a piece of art also in an art context. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was very beautiful that she already made this Google form. She just sent it out before, like when she would meet someone and, um, yeah, that, was just mind boggling to me that like people are kind of like doing this stuff also in their life already. So yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it presents, yeah. It, pre it presents it. Um, I mean, I, I guess you also present these otherwise well known platforms as um, um, like you add another kind of toolness to them or suggest other ways of, using them or yeah sometimes them. they become all of a sudden intimate for example mm -hmm. like which is something that maybe usually when you look at google docs there's no, or google forms is not intimate at all but like all of a sudden there's this intimacy or in in case of like um uh like we had a couple of uh, of um dating platforms contributions and some of them were like written as a play so all of a sudden there is like theater which of course already is so entrenched on that medium as well but then it's played out in front of your eyes so mm -hmm. like it kind of creates this new way of looking at the platform itself yeah whilst looking at the platform that you're already in yeah I think we, we also do have to be a little bit careful not to over-congratulate ourselves too much because, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's true that our audience have become much more sort of, you know, aware and um, and almost don't need in too much framework to kind of mm. uh, get what you're trying to do. But at the same time, that comes at the cost 
which is something Stuart Bailey in his uh, PhD also described at uh, Reading University, that you just have this bigger, you know, you have this bigger gap between the commercial design and uh, what we call more like free design or how we yeah. should call it. Well, independent or... Independent. And that also comes from, of course, that now a lot of the design decisions, which which are still a lot of um, a part of the practice or like of our practices, where part of the design, the 70% is, uh, is setting out uh, the lines almost of the playing field and then the actual form is a, a result from that. Like the the type, the color, that's like 3% at the end of the whole process. But the who, when, how long, uh, how are we going to phrase it, that comes beforehand. And I think with a lot of design, that whole thing now has become uh, the job of like project managers or <laughs> or um, the uh, audience departments, uh, public relationships, and then there's then this commercial design like um, is the is the part where you go like and now you use Helvetica and you make it this font and and that these mm. two things have been been growing so far apart makes also that perhaps that's why and I'm speaking out loud here maybe I'm completely wrong but maybe that's why as well that there's more and more of this urge from us to make it more accessible and visible again. It reminds me a bit of what I just read in preparation of this talk from Jeremy Ainsley, who's the director of the research institute at the RCA, or at least was when he wrote this text in 1987. <laughs> so it's some years ago. But he points out that um, that already like a hundred years ago, we would teach students in the schools about advertisement language to prevent them not to be too persuaded by this good commercial, increasing yeah, commercial language. And like, so he also points to the, the relevance of, um, um, of knowing about graphic design or understanding the media, the increasing techno technology or yeah. online media as well. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, yeah interesting point. I think it's 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 weird that we learn children to to calculate and write, but we don't learn them how visual communication works. So, um, yeah, you, you, you see how they are, um, um, and, and yeah, to be, to become a sort of critical citizen, you mm -hmm. need to have uh, a certain awareness of how you are approached by commercial, but also institutional, um, but that uh, almost, um, I think that goes for uh, a generation um, who, you know, Richard, we, we're kind of the same age world. I think we grew up, I think, of the first generation actually being aware of, of that language, that corporate language. But of what I find really interesting about the, the example you gave, Frederike, is that it is exactly in between what we expect design to be. So it's problem solving, which refers back to mm -hmm. your idea, Ayana, of the corporate way that graphic design or the, the, that the problem solving has become this corporate uh, uh, outlet of design. Um, but with the forum that was used by the trans girl, it's both problem solving and a narrative, which for me is still very much, you know, this design language. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that we have a generation 
uh, right now of, of younger people uh, that are very aware of both, you know, these all these mechanical forms or or uh, uh, corporatized forms of design, but then, uh, you know, appropriating them into their own language and using them uh, in this whole new way. So I think it's it's not so much about teaching children or young people about the power of visual communication because they already they know that that's almost like ingrained in their head i mean mm, i'm not sure about that but it's also insane to think that now a whole generation is going to grow up <laughs> who never knew the internet did not exist i mean that just completely mind blowing. yeah but maybe maybe we should also talk a little bit about uh an elephant in the room which is basically We're all talking about display, but now we have no audiences. I mean, everybody's just like uh, locked inside. And then, of course, for you, that's almost like... Uh, <laughs> that's natural habitat. <laughs> natural habitat. <laughs> oh, my audience, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and like this conversation should originally in the autumn when when like the first steps were taken, um, it was supposed to be part of this physical book fair environment, ex physical exhibition. It's a completely different way, of course, of thinking of display or publishing or sh selecting even. And I think, well, I mean, the conversational format is, is one that's quite immediate and efficient for within all these restrictions at the moment. Mm. Yeah, it is the elephant in the room. It's also some sometimes you don't want to address it anymore in the sense that we've been talking about it constantly. But I do notice like with Cosmos Carl, it was very apparent that I think in the first month of the lockdown that we had here in March, all of a sudden I saw all these people contributing again. It felt like you had almost like a, an explosive expansion because of the lockdown. Um, and I was wondering how, how Jana and Richard, how did you deal with this current situation? <laughs> sorry, I already stole the mic away from you. I was so, I was so anxious. I'm suggesting. No, the thing is, I've, I've you know, Kunstrein in, in its uh, structure also swings with the moods of things. So mm. in a sense, I've also found it very liberating. So, um, okay, these are the restrictions. How do you work around these restrictions to still function and to still up, offer your program and to still have an audience, mm. even though... Yeah, and then the stretching of the duration comes into play very much or like uh, okay if if you if you can only um, allow one person in the room then maybe it's very interesting to think about let's do a one-on-one -on -one show or uh, if people can only leave their house for walks then maybe we should do an exhibition on the streets and Um, mm. Now with this this um, film program is actually also like a, a, a direct result of that. Or the audio recording of Lena's blood book was also like a part of that. So I think actually the good with the bad, some silver lining. Mm. Just keep on speaking in metaphors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I I, I I think I'm I'm I'm. Um, Um, not really. They, yeah, um, 
affected by it. I've, I've heard, really that, I heard by that more, especially by people who run their own studio practice, is that, that of course, they might be affected in the long term when it comes to new commissioned work. That's already happening. That's yeah. happening. Yeah. Uh, but that, that actually the notion of them having to go through a big change didn't really happen because they still go to their studios. We were isolated and, already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, but I, I do miss the, 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 the physical exchange and uh, also um, uh, with my students, I did uh, like when, when this lockdown was happening this spring, uh, they were all everywhere. So we set up this uh, idea of sending mail, physical mail to each other, which was for some of them the first time that they would actually receive mail. <laughs> and I thought that, and, and they were sort of exploring the, the, the possibilities of this uh, this medium, which was so much fun actually and um, so um, I don't know what point I want to make but it was um, um, like what I like now the Dutch design week is online as well and it's such a t like I I don't feel any urge to have a look at it. I mm. I, 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 um, I coordinated some some students to to upload their stuff and it's just so all in these formats and they made this so-called 3D rooms and it's like I don't feel any uh, uh, urgency to have a look at it. I find also really um, almost endearing how institutions think that they can just adopt an online presence and the way exactly. that they, they, yeah. they, they should think be they, so much more creative to yeah. come up with ideas like, like yours to Or, yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, it's, it's really it's, striking seeing these spaces which are completely mimicking an, a white cube gallery yeah, space yeah. as even walls and still, um, I don't know, well-known artists on pedestals with small yeah, marks you could, that you, you go could have put to all this money yeah. into a super nice book, for instance, or something that yeah. lasts and that goes deeper and that makes connections because, yeah, who is going to... But I think it's interesting, like, you know, Perhaps you will only start seeing the 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 labor in five years from now, but now at least certain, like institutions, bigger institutions, um, are more aware of the fact that this is an, an, an you know an, an environment that they have left exactly. Yeah, but yeah, again, yeah. also I think Too the problem long. is that um, in these institutions there is a PR department, and they somehow mm. became really quickly uh, responsible for the online content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> no, man, hire a designer, like hire exactly. people that exactly, I've been yeah, thinking yeah. about. And younger people. Hire some <laughs> kids, like hire some Reddit kids and like yeah, yeah. ask I them how, how they... Just a lack of fantasy. And, yeah. And, and yeah. It's also like, uh, you know, it's... An, again, it's like a structural institutional problematics. You yeah. know, they, they are run by a much older generation than we are. Now... Well, not, not always. Not always, but like a lot of them PR are like dyslectic. Are run by <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know, the, a lot of them are dyslectic in uh, in in the sense of like uh, online presence. And we are, you know, we are. Our website is a is an interesting one in that sense. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, the, so much can be done online, or also like so much artists are are for since the 90s putting our only mm. art online mm. so if you can't access a physical space maybe it's time to do like a show about online art yeah. <laughs> instead of trying to 
push this physical exhibition that you put up and now nobody's going to come and see quickly, 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 you yeah. know, in, into, into a website. Yeah, there's something interesting about this really clumsy, maybe first steps of transforming um, the lack of space into online yeah. space. But it also has to do with the fact that, that we're still very much, I think, and that's my conclusion of the last few months, and especially in the first uh, part of, of the Dutch lockdown we had, is that we're still thinking about this this notion of productivity and efficiency and we need to be productive and i actually was overwhelmed with the the amount of you know invites for digital openings or dj sets or streaming sessions or yes. discussions in the beginning uh whereas like You know, for me, it was more about taking a step back and, and as Jana said, like, you know, reflect on mm -hmm. what kind of medium you want to use um, in order to tell your story. And that sometimes can be digital and sometimes it's not, uh, or it could be print. Uh, for me, they're all equal in that sense, but we do need a rethink, I think, of, of filling in that digital space in, in, in an interesting way. And I, I find it... Um, you just said like, okay, the, the, the literal translation of the white cube exhibition into a digital realm. Um, I'm actually trying to move my students because I teach at the KBK, um, to actually move away from the digital rendering because they have been presenting their work in digital form for the last six months. And yep. now, even though we do meet online, I'm trying to encourage them to build their online environment or restruct their online environment that does not resemble the digital world. You know, mm. I'm so done with seeing renders and PDFs and <laughs> flat or 2D work. How do you make, how do you make that digital space 3D or 4D or accessible in, in a different way so that you engage mm -hmm. someone to walk through it? And I think in, in that sense, going back to Federica, again, it's this, you know, the way that you, that Cosmos Carl manages to take you into all these different spaces, uh, you are creating this 4D environment as well. Yeah. And make an advantage of the, the environment that's already there. Mm. And, uh, yeah, instead of trying to, um, yeah, render the real world <laughs> into you, it's, 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 uh, but th th it's also, Because they're, uh, I'm, I'm always amazed how quickly they adapt these new programs and how quickly they can make something uh, rendered and uh, three-dimensional in in in, uh, in a virtual world. So it's it's the also sort of easiness that that, um, but it's it's very different from uh, an actual 3D piece that you can uh, walk into and discover. Uh, so that is something that I um, uh, sometimes encourage them to do when you make a model, for instance, and you, when you go with your eyes <laughs> around it, it's very different from uh, the, the sort of viewpoint that's already fixed for you. And uh, it creates, yeah, to my, in my opinion, far, far more freedom to, to immediately interact with this. I was just uh, yeah, in the state look now. Actually, the good thing is that there's so much uh, room in, in the museums and uh, <laughs> you can have all the... But I saw these small models of Gerrit Rietveld, how he, he made his uh, structures and, and the, the sort of clumsiness and the, 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 the knutsel. Uh, mm -hmm. 
it's, uh, it's, it was really inspiring to see that again and to uh, uh, also, it feels very liberating to also think in, in this way instead of yeah mimicking the real world in 3D uh, virtual uh, renderings. There was, there was one thing I still wanted to, uh, <laughs> um, because uh, my wife, Esther de Vries, she's also a designer, so we were talking about this topic, and then she said, uh, we, uh, we were talking about this Dutch thing, and uh, also talking about education, and then we uh, stumbled upon the fact that on the Rietveld, each year the graduation show is a display in itself. Mm. Compared to other art schools, this is... Uh, happening for i think maybe it was not in in when when i graduated but a few years after they started to do this so once there was an office set up and then there were these uh sotsas uh, furniture and now these there were these lines and so each year mm. uh, students are already encouraged and also uh aware of the notion that their work is going to be displayed well, in The Hague, it's always <laughs> a battle <laughs> of who gets the best spot and uh, they mm. all want to. So um, I think it, it, to have such a, a final show uh, already yeah, makes you aware of this uh, or, or of the, the playful uh, approach you can have towards uh, presenting your, wor your work. And um, yeah, it was just something that... Yeah. came up and I think this is a very big influence on uh, yeah how people continue their um, practices as well yeah it's something that I think also is remarkable for the Vagplatz graduation shows actually yeah that's they, sort of the same spirit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah how yeah. they also change environment and setting and concept and, and I remember and shows medium <laughs> and medium indeed yeah, yeah. yeah shows where everything is turned into a movie or yeah. almost where the ideal scenario is that nothing is really like physically is shown or yeah um yeah do you know their concept for this year yeah <laughs> pretty there yeah of course you would know um it's pretty intense like they're each going to have an individual graduation show which is also really remarkable since it's a place which has always been such a you know collaborative collective mm -hmm almost at the borderline of uh <laughs> of that the individual work <laughs> of a sect. <laughs> yeah. yeah um and and now it's so i mean on the one hand i'm like i think it's it's interesting that that the people that are running the Werkplatz, first under carol now under armand that and that they're actually always kind of go with this yeah let's try let's see what comes out mm -hmm. of it um and I am kind of curious, like maybe this means like a graduation show will be really small. And I actually really enjoyed receiving your chapter for the masonry. Um, yeah, to just get that in the mailbox. I actually first thought it was a graduation <laughs> from oh. the work class. I was like, is this one? And then I started reading and I realized, no, 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 ah, okay. this is you. <laughs> um, but I thought it was really wonderful to receive that, like such a gift yeah yeah that's what i like about uh, this, mm, yeah. this came out of this mail project as well uh, mm -hmm. with the students that it's so nice to receive mm -hmm. something in, yeah. in these days <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh yeah but maybe these um graphic design graduation shows that really um reflects very large level of experimental approach to the 
to the display system. Yeah. Maybe that also reflects, I don't know if that's kind of a graphic design DNA to consider all these aspects as one part of the complete. Um, um, I think that's a Dutch design thing. Probably that's a Dutch design thing. Yeah, well, and I guess Dutch design also kind of goes back to old school and Bauhaus. Yeah. A little bit. Because it's like, it does not, it doesn't, it does, it's not only, I mean, it's the text, it's the image, it's the space, it's the um, um, almost performance or the direction of the audience as well. All these aspects mm -hmm. are considered in these shows. I, I actually find it always a bit overwhelming when it's so, dis like when the display structure is so, newly made for that situation. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this this also goes back to the way that I think about Cosmos Carl, like what I was saying in the beginning of its natural habitat and like undesign, um, that I almost, and maybe also what you were saying about the Japanese poster, mm -hmm. like there's all these elements of these posters or of the design that um, have an origin and like where were they placed when they were first yeah, made. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and to to completely take that element away and put it in this artificial mm -hmm. new design uh, structure. I, I, I always wonder if also the people that uh, made the work uh, in the first, like the, the, the design objects, how they feel about that or like how they would actually want to be displaced Mm. displayed in a bit more relaxed manner <laughs> but sometimes you don't have the possibility to ask like for instance in our case we work quite a lot with archival material and we do actually pull the blanket all the way towards us and make a very I would say quite specific atmosphere for each show uh, mm. custom made furniture uh, and, or yeah because yeah. there is nothing more boring than showing archival <laughs> I, I would beg to differ. <laughs> I would beg to differ. In a natural archival way. Like that's very stereotypical, stereotypical as well, how people display archival material often. Yeah. So but, uh, yeah, but I think with graphic design. So you then always, I agree that it's nice. Yeah. You always have to have what you mean is uh, you want to see some of the context of the. Of the, you don't want to treat them as as artworks on themselves because they always function. That's always the the difficulty about graphic design uh, exhibitions. Yeah, uh, you don't want to treat them as 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 uh, unique artworks. Well, maybe my uh, idea would be to treat them a little bit more like artworks, but not present them as artworks because like artworks are framed and on the white yeah, that, wall, yeah. and therefore we need to hang them as in frames on the white wall, mm -hmm. but more like, how would you present them? Yeah. And it, and instead of like placing them in this design structure again, that's... Um, yeah. So yeah. this catalog was on the table from yesterday's talk, which is the one of the final end products of the graduation show of the graphic department of the Rickfeld this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, and in it, there are reflections by David Benevitt, who's directing the department. And um, and he actually he it, it's very much reflections on the graduation show and also um, about the fact that or like about this dream scenario that the students would start and already have graduated from the beginning on so that they could just focus on yeah, the exactly work. Yeah, yeah because there's also so much pressure around these graduation yeah. shows mm -hmm. and often which I guess we've all encountered but is also addressed addressed in the book 
often it's not even necessarily the best work that is being shown in the graduation show or, or really good work maybe does not fit that specific mm -hmm. uh, framework so mm. yeah it's it's interesting how how incredibly playful it can be and how it sometimes really does not benefit the work at all but it's interesting to see that then at least the design or the scenario through which you walk through a graduation show is thought about because I think uh, my own experiences with like fine art shows or uh, even within the, the the department that I helped graduate this year, um, you know, and I think it also had to do with the circumstances of this year, of course, but uh, uh, is that, that that is always the afterthought or... Mm oh yeah, we need a routing system or a display system or uh, some kind of signage going through. But it's always the second thought where it's far more interesting to see uh, almost in, in an editing kind of way. And, and I think that also refers to your own practices. Is like, how do you, when this is a group show of people that are not necessarily being brought together by a theme, but how do you then navigate through an exhibition like that as a, as mm -hmm. a visitor? And does it need another layer or not? Mm -hmm. Maybe, or maybe it should be completely separate, but that it's part of this um, story. But then of course the problem with graduation shows is always that, you know, it's not a curated show. It's, it's a show that comes about after four years of practice. And that's why it's really interesting to see if you can have students just graduate in the first year <laughs> <laughs> and then move onwards. And then maybe in the end, they can do something collectively. Yeah. Or imagine the looks of that graduation show. Yeah. If you just, if, if the first thing they do is to graduate. Yeah. But I, I think the, 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 the ways that the different academies are handling graduation this year is, is very symptomatic of like, you know, the problems that we have with graduation shows as such. I mean, they, they were kind of, I think every larger group show has become this spectacle or competes for yeah. a spectacle. Um, whether it's the Reichs Academy Open, which is not a, a school, but a residency program, uh, to like a, a Rietveld show or a Werkblatt, even a Werkblatt show. End of year show. End of year <laughs> show, exactly. Uh, whereas now... Yes, not all models are, are convenient, like having, you know, each graduate do their own uh, graduation show, uh, which is not just limited to the Werkplatz, for instance, but is also the model for Minerva in Groningen, Academy in Groningen. They're having this space where each student that is graduating, regardless of the department, displaying their work for a week. Which raises the question, like, who is going to travel to Groningen each week, which is about two hours away by train from Amsterdam, uh, to see a show? But it is an interesting model, yep. you know? And, and that's, I mean, of course, we're dealing with multitudes of problems right now, but it's also really interesting to see how each academy is approaching group shows. Well, I would also think that, um, I think one of the main, like, our want to avoid the word mistake, but mistakes that that um, arises because of the situation that we're in now is that people think that they can kind of um, solve, keep, they keep kind of trying to solve it. Yeah. And I think it, the approach of the Minerva is quite beautiful to just accept, okay, nobody's going to travel from no, Amsterdam, absolutely. but you're going to address a local public because that's what we can do now, for example. And this... Yeah, this urge to solve it, be it through online or be it through... That's, of course, also a design uh, kind of black hole of the solving. And But if you let go of that and accept a little bit more 
how things are already and what the situation is at the moment, then, wow, this almost sounds Buddhist, but yeah, <laughs> the power of now or something. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I think Fuck. for me as, as, an, an, as a member of the, the general audience, I would say, I find it just really interesting yeah. that, that I have all these possibilities and not all the graduation shows are the same anymore. And it's, yeah. it's, I think mm -hmm. it, it opens up, you know, at least it's, it's, yeah, it is, you know, it comes, it's, it comes from problem solving, but it actually creates a multitude of new possibilities mm -hmm. in that sense. <laughs>